Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Soulful Entrepreneur Podcast. I am excited because I connected with Alistair, and he is in Ireland, and we met in a group of podcasters. I was looking for someone to chat about video podcasting, how to build trust with an audience online, and how to become more visible online. And then I found Alistair, and I started to stalk you a little bit, I will be honest. Of course, we all do this. <laughs> on YouTube. And then I really liked uh, his philosophy for doing business and also sharing um, his expertise and his point of views online. So I was really happy to, to have the chance to chat. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. And also, uh, he's the, the host of the podcast, The Recognized Authority. So that's pretty cool. And there is one concept that I It just came to me like the, the it popped up on YouTube and I really love that. It's called the invisible expert. Can you tell us about what is that concept of the invisible expert? Yeah, sure. So I guess that the, the thing is that there are many, many people out there in the world who are experts at what they do and they're, they haven't written a book. They haven't got a podcast. They haven't got a YouTube. They haven't got a big presence on LinkedIn. But they're very good at what they do, but nobody knows about them. So they're effectively invisible because they're not known, they're not recognized. And then there are people who are experts who have decided to put in the work to become known, to become visible. And those people go on to be recognized as authorities in their field at some point. And I'm really interested in the difference between those two. And I also know that, you know, when you're running a business, Uh, and it's an expertise-based business, like you're some sort of consultant, maybe, that if you, you, can you can have a very successful business, you know, you can earn millions and be still be invisible, but it changes the way that you do business when you become visible, when you become recognized as an authority, because you're able, you've got more choices about what you can do with your business. And I find that really interesting as well. Right. Tell us about the invisible, what's the name of the Harry Potter? Yeah, so that like the cloak of invisibility. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the way I see it is is, you know, um like that's a big deal in, in the Harry Potter books when he gets this cloak of invisibility because that allows him to do all of the things that he does for the rest of the the rest of the challenge. It's it's in every single book, you know, there's always something with his his cloak of invisibility. But for people who are experts and running their own business, typically it's the opposite. The cloak of invisibility is a bad thing and we want to remove it. So That's what I'm interested in. And, and, and the way that I got into this myself is because I, I made this mistake for maybe 10, 12, 14 years in my own business. And so what I found was I, I had a, a web agency called Website Doctor, which I still do. And, and, and that's kind of like a second business that I have. It runs in the background. I don't, I'm, I'm not very active in it, but it, it still has some clients. But uh, with Website Doctor, what I found was that The, the clients who I had were all sorts of different clients from every different industry. And the services that I was providing to them was all sorts of different services mm -hmm. um, from Google AdWords to building websites to maintenance to social media to, to brand design, graphic design. And so it was everything for everybody. And what I found was that when I was talking to my clients and I was helping them with marketing, I was very frustrated because what I was telling them to do wasn't working for me. And so I realized that I needed to change how I was doing marketing for myself. And that led me down a road towards authority, which is 
and and the first step on that road is specializing and niching down and I realized that I need to do that because I I wasn't specialized in any way I was everything for everybody and I think that's a that's a major step that you need to take if you want to build authority yeah and when did you come to the video podcasting world and well question one and question two if you are such a big fan of it because I am Uh, why did you choose this format, video podcasting, as the format to, let's say, pour all your, your knowledge into this shape? So I, I think with with video, uh, so I, I started off with my podcast and I did 100 episodes. So season one was 100 episodes with audio only. Now, we did actually record video, but I didn't use it. And so I was... a in part because it was easier and cheaper to to edit audio than with video as well. It's it's more expensive and more complex when you're editing with video. And so I wanted to get started and I, I did the first uh, 100 episodes, which was, you know, two years. And then I realized I, I did want to use video and, and video is so useful for repurposing in particular. And it's, it's much more uh, kind of malleable. It's much more, um, you can do so much more with video than with audio only. And the other reason it is interesting, and it's only kind of coming to the fore now, which is AI-generated content. And I think that when you have video, that it allows you to show up in a very authentic way that makes a connection with people in a way that AI-generated content doesn't do. And I, I think that this is important in building a brand, in kind of making a, a, a genuine, authentic connection with people where they can see and hear that it's genuinely you who is saying the thing and doing the thing. It's not something that somebody put into ChatGPT and got it to spit out a, a, a script. So I, I think yeah. Yeah, I think that, that authenticity is very important. Yeah, and I have a friend, he's a big fan of YouTube. Actually, he was the one kind of inviting me into his YouTube world last year. And I I'm, I love YouTube. It's my, my favorite platform now. But he was saying, he was making this comparison of dating, no? Like when you're dating, dating someone, what do you prefer? Who would you trust more? Someone who are just only texting or voice noting or be FaceTime, right? So FaceTiming is like the equivalent of the video. Of course, the top of the top is like in-person meetings. That would be like networking events. But not all of us live in, I don't know, Austin to go to these networking events, right? So some of us uh, leverage video to really build more connections. So... I really like what you said. And I wanted to ask you something that I think we also have in common, that we try to keep things simple because we we repurpose, we overcome. We were talking about the perfectionism before this call, but we, we tried to stop perfectionism until a certain level, repurposing and keeping in simple, simpler systems. How is it for you? Because I know that you are also present in different platforms. Um, your business is pretty much based also on the video podcast. So you do things similar than I do. And my friends and also some of my clients, they think that I spend so many hours doing this because I'm like everywhere and all that. And honestly, no, like I only spend a couple of hours a week recording and repurposing. Um, how is it for you? How do you keep things uh, efficient for yourself? Yeah, and um, I, I was, I actually did some maths on this last week because a friend of mine was asking me about it. And I think that I spend about five or six hours a week. So it's not quite a full day um, where I am working on my actual content creation. But 
for people who follow me on LinkedIn, for example, they'll see me like come up almost every day in their LinkedIn feed. And they think that I must spend so much time. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, I'm really not. Uh, there are a lot of tools that can allow you to create content. If you're an expert and you know what you're doing, and I think this is a key part, is that when like when you become an expert in your field and you have a, a, like this in-depth knowledge that you're able to create content much quicker it's yeah. it, you know it's much easier to do that and part of that is like there is a learning curve to get to that point so i i certainly wouldn't have been able to do that you know five or six years ago yep. uh maybe not four years ago but i, I have built on like i've done at this point so I, I have three or four different podcasts and so i've done maybe I've conducted maybe 220, 250 interviews where I, I've interviewed other people, including wow. some very, very high profile people. Uh-huh. And so there comes a time where you just become very relaxed and it just kind of flows naturally. You know, yeah. that's, that just comes from that. So, um, yeah, it, and it, but it, 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 you know, it takes time to get there and you have to put in the work. And I think this is the, the other part of the, the journey is, Part of it is you can't wait until you're ready because the journey is actually what will prepare you. So if you if you wait until you're ready to start your podcast or your videos or whatever, that waiting is is costing you because you're not spending that time experimenting and learning and growing. And so that's why I encourage anybody who's thinking about doing this to just start, you know, just start now, like take your phone or whatever you've got and just start with it right now. Because after 30 videos, your videos will be be better. They won't be great, but after 60, they'll be pretty damn good. And after 100, they'll be very good. And that's just the way it goes. You know, you, you have to you have to start somewhere. Um, you can read all the books you want about learning how to swim. But at some point, you're going to need to get into the water. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will we will suck at the beginning. I always say that. And we need to have the humbleness to, yeah, not be very good at the beginning. And, and that's part of it. But as you mentioned, like experts, because I also work with experts, like therapists or coaches, they have been doing it offline or in other, using other referral methods. So they know what they are talking about. And like, well, just record a Zoom call as if you would be, you know, coaching someone 10 minutes. That's it. Okay. The quality is not the best, whatever, but just, just publish it. Like the content is good because if you are an expert on that, at least the content is good. Okay. We can work on polishing communication skills or whatever. I'm also working that on myself, right? But we got to start. Mm-hmm. And an other, other thing I wanted to talk to you because I, I think it was on your last episode of the podcast. Uh, I really liked what you said, something about when you don't create content and when you don't become visible and known for something, you are pretty much competing with others. Like let's think about freelancers when you are in a generic platform and then your little face with your, you know, rate and then everything, it's just comes like one after the other for freelancers versus you creating this um, brand or authority online. And then people will want to work with you because of who you are and not because of what you do. Right. So how is this difference? How would you explain that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's ultimately the the thing about authority, about about becoming known as an authority, about being recognized, which is, and, and, and part of that is outside of your control. You know, we, we don't get to decide that we're an authority in something. It's it's only the external audience who can decide that we're, that they see us as an authority. And so you can do things that will help move you towards that. 
So for example, you could publish a book and that's like the classic one. And, you know, people always mention, you know, the word author is in the word authority. And, you know, that's, it, it's very true. It, it, it seems to be like the gold standard. And then there are other things like having a podcast or having a video podcast. And what I like about having a podcast is there's a, a certain kind of promise of consistency that's built into a podcast that you're going to show up week in, week out, if it's weekly or, you know, whatever your your, your uh, cadence is. But I think that, you know, you're saying, hey, you know, I've like, for example, I've got 141 episodes of The Recognized Authority have gone out over the last 141 Monday mornings at 6.01 a.m. And that has been very, very consistent. And so people know, okay, when, when I, so first of all, when I say I'm going to put something out, I, I put it out so people can trust my word. But also when I'm talking to my clients about the need to be consistent, I can say, hey, look, I'm doing this because that's that's one of the one of the one of the reasons why why I do some of the things that I do is uh, I want to be able to talk to my clients about them from a from a point of view where I have done it, you know. Um, yeah. But I think that that consistency, creating the content, the relationships and things that come from it as well are are incredibly important. So I think I'm getting away from your original question. Sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to <laughs> drag me back on, to, on track. I like it too. I am. Yeah, and yeah, actually, now that you touched on that, what are some benefits that you have gotten from your podcast that you never thought about before? I can give you one of mine, connecting with people. Like when I started it last year, I knew it was a nice or a cool networking platform. But I would never imagine that like now is on my list of guests, authors of the books, people that I look up and like, wow, I have access to them. That's a benefit I wouldn't even imagine like for, from podcasting. Have you experienced something like that? Yeah. And I think that's probably the most important one is the, is the relationships. And I think the people who don't have a podcast don't, don't understand quite how that works. Because when you when you have a podcast, first of all, uh, I'd love to invite you onto my podcast. Is possibly the best LinkedIn connection request that you can send to somebody, because they're almost always going to accept that, no matter who they are and how high profile they are. Uh, they're almost almost always going to accept that kind of connection request, and it's it doesn't come across as spammy. It doesn't come across as sleazy. Um, so I think that's that's a really great way to connect with people if you genuinely do want to have them on your podcast, and then. The other part is like we we have spoken today. We we spoke a bit in 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 messages beforehand, and then we spoke for ten minutes before we hit record, and we'll probably speak for another five or ten minutes after we finish. And those five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes that you get to speak with somebody when when we're not recording, that's when you get to know somebody a bit better, and that's where you can build a relationship with somebody. And and the the advantage of that is you get you get to know somebody, and they get to know you. Um, and it, like, it's, it's like real networking. So in a way, even though I'm trying to do inbound, I, I'm ending up accidentally doing some networking as well. So I think that's, that's really big. The, the other thing about having guests on, and this is also a really interesting kind of social psychology thing is that when you have high profile guests on that people start to see you at the same level as those guests. And so, um, you know. Like people will say, oh, wow, you, you know, um, like I had Alan Weiss on. He's a, he's a um, well-known author in the consulting space. I had Chris Doe and um, Marcus Sheridan and Mark Schaefer, Rochelle Moulton, all these people who people in that world will know 
as these high profile people. And so when they hear those names and see those associated with me and having been on my podcast, they will just instinctively start to put me on the same uh, level as those people, even if I'm not. Now, I think what the interesting thing is, is that you do actually start to rise up towards their level because you learn from talking to them so much. Like I've spent, you know, over 120 hours of asking these absolute experts in their field for their best advice. And so I've learned so much from from all of those, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's there's a lot of, like the, the relationships is, is, is a big deal. Um, I also think that the amount of content that we create from a podcast is, is super. Like I had a VA team take my, uh, my last, well, 140 episodes, uh, of my transcripts and all my episodes are around an hour or 45 minutes to an hour each. And so what we did is we took all of the transcripts and ran them through AI to pull out all of the insights. So now we have a 300 page word document. Uh, I think it's got 70,000 words with all of the best insights from the podcast. And so now I'm going to be able to use that as the basis for a book. So where do you personally uh, use like you, you yourself, your humanity, let's say your authenticity and in which areas do you say like, yeah, here I will use AI. It's not going to be fake because the core of what I'm doing, it's done by me. Right. So where do you personally um, draw that line? Yeah, well, I, I use it all the time. I mean, I use it probably two or three times an hour. Um, you know, okay. it's, it's it's very, very common for me to use it. And what I will typically do is I will have created content. So, for example, you're recording this as a podcast interview. And now I could have recorded it in the background here, but I'm, I'm, I won't. But I will ask you for a copy of the recording. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll transcribe that. And then I can take that and say, OK, pull out what I said about this topic and turn it into a blog post. And if you do that, you are like the origin of the content is coming from you. So typically it's going to be pretty decent if what you said was decent. So this is very much <laughs> a garbage in, garbage out thing. Now, if I just went to the AI and I said, write me a blog post about this topic, exactly. what's going to come out is going to be some mediocre crap. So, yeah. um, and that's, you know, that's what people are posting and, and that's why it's not working. You know, please stop doing that. Uh, what you can do is you can use the mediocre crap as your first draft and, and then go in and apply your own expertise and, you know, add the bits that you think need to be added. Uh, now, quite often, I will actually do that instead of by editing it. I will actually do it by by talking with ChatGPT and get it to refine it. So I'll be I'll be having a conversation, um, you know, like I'll ask it to outline something based on some input that I've given it. And then I'll ask it to, you know, add another point or remove something that it's added, uh, you know, so I, I will have that kind of back and forth iterative approach. So that's the way I personally I approach it. Uh, but I really think that it's very much a case of garbage in, garbage out. If yeah. you put in into the, the system, if you put in uh, good quality content, then it, it's going to it's going to it's really good at reflowing and reformatting that and giving it back to you. Uh, you know, kind of tidied up or, or in a different format. Like we could say, turn this podcast interview into a carousel for LinkedIn, for example. And and it will take a pretty good stab at that. It may not be perfect, but it will be pretty good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, I always say that my video podcast is the heart of my online presence and I, I love it. I think it's really cool when you have an authority-based business that you can actually have information products 
that will sell while you sleep. Like that's the goal that a lot of people, uh, the dream that a lot of people talk about with online businesses. But I think it's actually possible to do if you build an authority-based business um, in a way that won't work if your business is just based on word of mouth and, and networking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was conversating with one friend and then he was saying like, but if you are really good at what you are doing, then you don't need to do to market yourself, right? Because other people will re refer to you. But like, yeah, for example, if I think about my, my therapist, she doesn't have Instagram or whatever, right? She's just like word of mouth and that's it. And that's okay if you, if you are, if you're fine with that, but for the ones who want to, at some point launch, um, a digital product, or as you said, like an ebook or something else, a scale, um, generate passive income. It's a really good idea to have an audience uh, that they are trusting you and then they are willing to buy from you. Sometimes you just have to put in the work. You you have to do, like, you have to make videos and you have to make podcasts, episodes. You have to write blog posts. And if you do one of those every month, then your progress is going to be slower than somebody who does it every week. And if, the, if there's somebody who does it every day, then their progress is going to be even quicker. So they're going to learn faster. They're going to have shorter feedback loops and it's going to be, everything's going to be much faster for them. So, and I know that not like, like part of the thing is I don't have time for that, but that's usually a question of priorities rather than not actually having the time. And, you know, like we both spoke about how much time that we spend on content creation. It's not really all that much relative to the value that that can create for us in the business. So I think that people should be taking some time. Uh, I, I think that this is a bit like going to the gym. It's never urgent to go to the gym today. But if you go to the gym twice a week, every week for a year, that can be life changing. Yeah. So it, it it's this thing where it's in the important but not urgent quadrant. And I think that that stuff always gets pushed back. I think that it's important that people con are conscious of that and, and, and make a conscious decision. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think that I do need to make this a priority for me. Uh, I do need to go to the gym today or I do need to eat healthier today. Whatever that thing is, uh, where we make a choice, a conscious choice to make something, to, to do something that's important. I always say my future self will thank me for this. Always, uh, when I was starting to publish on YouTube, it's like my future self will thank me for, for this one. Right, right now, maybe I don't see results right away, the first days. Um, but in the long term, and then the beauty of it is that of long form content, it stays over the time. So it's it's building, it's building, and it's going to be there probably if if YouTube still exists in a couple of years, right? So that's that's the beauty. It's long. Well, well, that's an important point actually, and and you mentioned it earlier. I didn't didn't uh, go into it much, but I do have an email list, and I think it's really important to build an email list for anybody who's not familiar with. That's basically where you offer something on your website in return for somebody's email. And then, then you've got permission to email them. The reason why that's so important is because we have seen where social media platforms will disappear. If you build a huge profile on, on the social media platform and either the platform goes away or kind of commits um, self-destruction, like for example, Twitter at the moment, uh, if, if that happens, then you're in trouble. Like there are many people who had huge platforms built on, you know, MySpace, for example. Um, and if, if that was you, then you're out of luck when it goes away. So I think it's really important to yeah. have a connection, have a direct connection with people. That's where podcasts, 
they're okay, but they're not great because we don't know that the, we don't have contact information for the people who are uh, who are subscribed. But if you can get them from your podcast over onto your email list, then you can actually build a relationship with them there, and you've got permission. So I think building an email list and having that relationship and owning that relationship is very important. Super good that you mentioned this one. And then now on a consult quick consultation question, I want to ask you what has worked for you for building the email list? What do you think it's something that has mm, grabbed the most people, like an ebook, newsletter? Is there any format or it's rather like the the proposition or whatever you give in exchange? How how does it work for you? Yeah, I, I actually recorded a private podcast. Uh, which is like a little training audio training course just on this. It's called the Lead Magnet Blueprint. And the reason why I did that is I think this is important because you can build an email list and get lots of people onto an email list and not have any of those people turn into into buying clients, uh, into paying clients. So you've got to be careful about the way that you do it. And, and it depends on what you want to do. Like you may want to just build a huge audience and you you may be okay with those being kind of lower quality or you may may want a, a small audience of very high quality people who are very interested and much more likely to buy from you. There's so many different things that you can offer. So for me, I think that the the key is that the thing that you offer is in alignment with the thing that you sell. So whatever the transformation that you, that you offer, because typically when you're in an expertise-based business, usually we're offering our clients some sort of transformation. So if you think about it as, a before and an after state. So we're taking them from the before state through the transformation with our solution in the middle to an after state. And so the solution in the middle, that's like that's usually the black box. It doesn't really matter what's in there from their point of view. What they care about is they care about that after state. They care about the result. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Um, I, I, I mean, the way I think about authority is it's a journey. And, uh, and I mean that quite literally, journey to authority is, is how I envisage it, like a winding path. And everybody starts out as a novice, and that's okay. Everybody started with, with almost no knowledge. Um, and then we follow this road and we, we, we learn how to be an expert in something. And we, we arrive at that point where we're an invisible expert. So we're really good at what we do, but nobody really knows us. And at that point, you can continue to double down on your expertise and get really good at what you do. And... Uh, and build up a business through referrals and networking. If you want to go down the authority route, what you then have to do is decide to specialize in some way. And you have to make a specialization decision. If you think about the recognized authority in your field, the last phrase is important, in your field. If you don't choose a field, then you can't be recognized. So you have to have a specialization. And once you go through that specialization and, and, and you've chosen your, your specialization, then you need to start publishing. You need to start speaking and writing and putting your thoughts out into the world. And you will learn as you as you do this, like part of the process of writing is actually learning. We, we learn as we write. And uh, and as we explain things, like I'm, I'm learning as I speak with you today, I'm learning more about what I do because I'm having to explain it again. And, you know, you learn it and that's the way our brains work. So you go through this process of, of learning and creating content and at some point, maybe you'll make a podcast or a book or YouTube videos or blogs or whatever it is, and you'll put your ideas out in the world and people will stumble over them and read your book or your blog post or, uh, blog post or listen to your podcast. And they'll say, hey, I, I'd like to work with that person. 
and that's how it works. I love it. And one last thing I wanted to mention is that for introverts who have a podcast, it's an amazing space for rehearsing their stories. So, you know, you say it over and over and or you explain something and the moment that you go to an actual live networking event, oh, you have your set of stories because you have been quote unquote rehearsing and then you're like, it's not going to, it's going to be easier for you. Right. So that's also a good, a good place to practice. Yeah. I, I, I was recently speaking at a business event. Uh, where I was in person and it was the first time I'd done it really since I started the podcast and I realized I'm much better as a speaker now in in public than I was before I started the podcast just because I'm used to speaking a lot more. Yeah, cool. Congrats for that. <laughs> Pretty cool. Nice. Thank you so much for, for this conversation. I enjoyed it so much. It was fun. And also thank you for listening. Yeah, you, you can find everything for me at therecognizedauthority.com. And that's spelled the American way with a Z, sorry, a Z, at therecognizedauthority.com. And you can find my podcasts and books and all that there. Cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here.